Hello and welcome to Podcast Parables. I'm your host, Courtney Lee. And friends, it's our first bonus episode of season one. And it is just my desire to bridge the gap between the stories we hear from the Bible uh, to stories from people living today, both impacted and changed by the same Jesus. I am so grateful to have my friend Misty on today. She is the wife of a police officer, a mom to two, a worship ministry lead, and a precious sister in Christ. Honestly, um, to tell you the truth, Misty was a stranger. Well, a friend of a friend (laughs) who showed up and plopped herself on my couch during a very vulnerable time in my life and just began to share her story with me. Her transparency opened the door for me to do the same and we forged a deep friendship right away. Her story is full of redemption and joy and I know you're going to love it and you're going to love her. So with that, let's get to it. Enjoy this conversation with my friend Misty. Uh, Hi, Misty. Welcome to Podcast Parables. Hi, friends. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me and letting me share. Absolutely. I'm thankful for you and just the friend you are to me. And I'm especially thankful that you get to share your story on this platform today. Um, But would you just tell us just a little bit about yourself? Um, Who are you? You know, where, where you come from? What your family's like? Give us a little peek into what Misty's life is like. Yes, wonderful. So my name is Misty, as Courtney said. Um, I really love life. I'm a very uh, smiley, (laughs) enjoyable um, person. I feel like I, I don't know, I just enjoy lots of different things. And um, so I have a family of my husband. His name is Caleb and two kiddos, Rawson and Emery. Rawson is going to be going into second grade and Emery is about to be two. So she has an attitude that goes on for days. <laughs> um, they're a lot of fun. Very fun. Um, we are in northern Colorado in the midst of a move, actually, to be closer to my husband's work. A little bit about our family dynamic. Uh, my husband is a police officer mm. for a town nearby. Um, I'm thankful and grateful to be a stay-at-home mama to my kids. It's Mm -hmm. been such a wonderful blessing. Um, I am able to be a a ministry lead for the worship team at our church, and so that's also been a wonderful gift. Oh, for sure, for sure. If you don't mind, can I ask a few questions about being married, married to a policeman? Please do. So just what has it been like in the last few months for you, you know, as, as you feel comfortable sharing, how, how have yeah, you handled um, being a police woman, policeman's wife? It has been the rockiest, but most beautiful road to be on in my life because my mantra these past few months has been implicit trust, implicit mm. trust. All I can think of is there's no way that I can get through this without the implicit uh, trusting of Jesus and that Mm -hmm. he has a plan for my husband, that he has called my husband to be a disciple and to protect communities. And that's such a beautiful honor that he's been gifted. And so I try to be as supportive as I can in that. So when I feel fear overwhelm me, why I always let the cross bring me back. Mm -hmm. Um, But my mantra has just been implicit 
implicit trust in Jesus. So it's it's been overwhelming, but it's also been really beautiful because it's teaching me to lean on God more. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love love that phrase that you use. And there are times I feel like in our lives that we can fake trust in God pretty easily. Like, yeah, I trust God. Yeah. But then there are other times in life where you have to step out on the water and, and see if you can walk on it. And those are the times where you really find out if you trust Jesus or not. Like either you're keeping your eyes on him and you're walking on water or down you go into the waves and he's having to grab you out of the depths. And I do feel like our whole society has been in one of those times here lately, but especially the loved ones of uh, our police force and those working to protect us on a daily basis. Yes. Amen. Hmm. Uh, Any, I don't know, uh, perspective or commentary about how to best support um, the, the families who are in the, in the position that you are of doing your best to make a difference in your calling and how you're being asked to be a disciple in this world. How, How can, how can we be good friends to you guys? I think the best way to be a good friend right now to a police officer or a police officer's wife is to try to understand the perspective of a police officer. That meaning that we understand that racial oppression has been an ongoing issue. We understand that police brutality has been an ongoing issue. We are not blinded to that. My husband sees these videos and he is as enraged as the next one Mm -hmm. about the things that he sees. Um, He sees that that's a heart issue, that that's a sin issue, that that's a pride issue. And his heart hurts like everybody else. So the biggest way that we can be given support in this time is that if you have questions and you are skeptical and you are angry, that that's okay. But I've been encouraging people go um, to your local department and do a ride along so that you can learn a little bit more about their Mm -hmm. methods so that you can learn a little bit more about their department specifically. So you can learn a little bit about more of those police officers in their hearts specifically. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I I guess I didn't even know you could do that to go ask for a ride along. Yes, you can. You know, but with COVID, I don't know if things have changed up a little bit, but it's always great to just, if you have questions, just be forthright with that. And everyone's going to try to honest, honestly answer and earnestly answer. And so that's my biggest piece of advice is just to show support is that if you have questions, please ask the hard questions so that we can answer them and we can find resolve and unity. And I think when I've been talking to my friends of color I don't, I don't even want to say on the opposite side of the spectrum because we're all in this together is my opinion, but that they're saying the same Mm -hmm. thing of saying, Hey, let's communicate. Let's, let's start the conversation. Let's peek into each other's lives. Most often a mutual understanding comes when a respectful conversation happens and whether, whether we're talking about our, our friends in the police force or our friends of color, like I think, man, that, that seems so simple, right? And so human, but we are missing the mark on the mm-hmm. whole. I feel like both sides all over, no matter where you are. Yes. But yeah. so thank you for that, uh, those practical steps, but also um, just a reminder <laughs> that the, the men in uniform and women are our people, are humans, and um, step into their shoes as well. Well, thank you for that and and for the sacrifice you guys make on a daily basis of this 
implicit trust. Uh, it's, it's not a can if you want to. It's a I have to trust the Lord with my husband's life on the line every single day. So thank you for that. So tell me a little bit, um, Misty, about your backstory, just uh, maybe how you grew up, uh, if you could weave in your faith story of how you came to know Jesus and um, what did that look like? Has it always been this implicit trust in your life or was that a journey that he took you on? Uh, Just what your growth has looked like now that you are really serving in a leadership position at your church. Again, has that always kind of just been your MO or what, what's the journey been like there? And I may interject here or there if I have a question, you know, I'm curious, Courtney here. So, uh, but what, what was your, what's your growing up like? Sure. So implicit trust has not been something that I've been able to do. It's not something that I focused on and I did not grow up in um, what I would call a godly and Christ-centered home. Um, growing up, I, we were pretty poor. Um, we, uh, my parents, you know, there was always this dissension between one and the other, and there were a lot of arguments and a lot of domestic disputes and things like that. And of course, as we all get older, we all learn, right? But Mm -hmm. as we, we were younger kids, we kind of experienced the rough of that. And so, um, my, my home life as a child was pretty rough. I grew up in a lot of domestic violence disputes and things like that. And so to be subject to that at a young age was very hard for me. It was hard to have this implicit implicit trust in God that we speak of because I didn't understand. I didn't live in a Christ-centered home and I didn't understand who Jesus was. Um, I was welcome to go to church. In fact, I even sang in the church choir as I was younger mm-hmm. at our Lutheran church. And That was wonderful, but I still didn't understand who God was. And so um, growing up, it was it was quite the the battle for me to um, to understand who Jesus is and to understand that he is for me and that he is my advocate and that he loves me. And so um, my backstory is that, you know, I, I sort of grew up, you know, and minded my own business. I. I didn't really make too many bad decisions, but I still didn't believe, believe, I thought maybe there was a God, but how could he be a good and loving God? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. When, and, when all of your believe, life was yeah. unstable, you know, really like you couldn't count on your home life being the same every day when you came home, perhaps. So why would there be a God that is mm-hmm. like that? Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I struggled with. And I know that other people can relate to that too. It's a hard question and one that I had to, you know, I had to face eventually. Um, So throughout high school, I, you know, kind of kept to myself and didn't make too many bad decisions, but college rolled around and I started to make some pretty bad decisions in the midst of trying to figure out who I was and Mm -hmm. just being really heartbroken. And so I started to turn to alcohol I turned to drugs. I turned to many different forms of idolatry. I was the subject of objectification in many instances, and that was okay with me. Mm. Um, In fact, I kind of liked it. I liked the attention that it brought. It was a false sense of, oh, you know, people are paying attention to me. And so I wore things that I shouldn't have worn, and I did things that I shouldn't have done, things that um, make me so sad now that I know my worth and I know my value, but Mm. it's all part of my testimony. 
Um, so I ended up meeting my husband, and he too was a partier. <laughs> mm, However, how that he, works. Grew, he grew up in yeah, yeah. <laughs> he grew up in a Christian home. We met each other at karaoke. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, <laughs> he started saying, you know, we we were just partying a lot, and I thought, eh on to the next one. I didn't really know how it was going to work out. And he said, you know what? We both believe in God, but we don't really know what to make of him. We don't really go to church. Cause at this point, you know, I decided like, I do believe in God. I just don't know. I just don't know. I had, there was so much tension, so much dissension in my relationship with him. Mm. And so because of that, I lived a very lukewarm life. So when my, you know, now husband, current boyfriend had mentioned, let's go to church. I thought, oh no, I'm going to get hit by a lightning bolt. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) lo and behold, though, God's mercies are Mm. new every day. And I did not get hit by a lightning bolt. (laughs) So I did go to church with him and he started to initiate these, um, Bible studies with me and said, you know, let's really delve into what we believe and see what is it that we believe. Mm. And he became such a model and display of a godly man to me in those months that I, I became such a different woman and I started to see Christ's love in the way that he treated me. And so after that, I started going to church and I started hearing these sermons that just really resonated with me and helped me to realize that I'm not the sum of my past circumstances, that I'm very, very loved, and that I don't have to lead a life of, you know, idolatry and lust and alcohol and drugs in order to fill a void because Jesus was my void Mm. that, that filled me. And it was such a beautiful feeling to finally feel fulfilled. So Oh, wow. That, that is amazing. Um, your, your story, especially, you know, I think other people have used the term, the God shaped hole. And, you know, we've, we're, all of us everywhere have, have tried different strategies to fill that hole with something other than God. And it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just so true of the, there's a void in our, all of our lives that can only be filled with the love of Jesus. And um, I'm, I'm grateful that that you found him and honestly that we found each other and have that in common that we love, love Jesus. And, um, how, how, how did you end up reconciling? If you can get into a little bit, that idea of, I have all these past things in one hand and in the other hand, I have the love of Jesus. And, but like, how, how do we move forward? How did you end up growing beyond the, just the, the Bible studies with, your husband at the start there, like how, how did you grow? How did God not only come to save you, but to, to move you forward in relationship with him? It was such a gradual thing and it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly what did it for me, but I would just say that the Holy spirit just interceded and made me start to slowly realize that Mm. I, I'm a victor, not a victim. And so if I keep on living my life, being so affected in such poor ways by what happened to me in the past. And I'm not taking responsibility for the joy that I can have now. And so I think that that um, God just saying, Misty, you are worth more than the sum of your past. And now it's time to grow. 
um, I think he just nudged at me. The Holy Spirit kept on nudging and nudging at me. And it was just such a process. So it's hard for me to put into words. But I would say my biggest thing was just not allowing myself to be a victim of those mm. things, but to say, I am a victim through Jesus. And I will not allow these things to affect me negatively anymore. No generational curses, no mm. strongholds. Yes. In Jesus, name, they are broken. And so I just, I had that power to to declare that. And, and through Jesus, he just, he helped me to see that I can declare that. And that was really powerful for me. That was a powerful, um, couple of years. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And it really does remind me uh, of something God has been laying on my heart here this last week. And, um, and the listeners who've, who've listened to the full season of podcast parables, you, you know, and you remember that we started the season with the bleeding woman, out of Mark chapter five. And uh, I just, I love her story. I love how she pursues Jesus and touches his uh, tassel on his robe. And he turns and says to her daughter, using that term, that's so kind and so gracious daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace and take courage and go in peace. And I, and I think what, how this is so cool, how God has lined this up, but how, he, he spoke those words into you too, Misty, and all of us truly, um, that, that he has called us daughter. He has invited us into his family. He has healed us and he has given us victory. He has stopped our bleeding. And he says, take courage and go. Like there, there's room to run here and there's growth to be had. And, and you can have victory in your life over the sin. I've paid for that with my blood, go, go in peace. But you know what I found myself thinking this week is how many of us are still walking around. Like we're still bleeding, like the bleeding woman, for instance, like, like we haven't been healed. We're we're walking around as if, you know, we're still the, the, the leper on the street and yet we've touched Jesus and he's healed us, but we're still walking around as, as these victims instead of the victors that we are in his name. And what, how different of a story it would have been if the bleeding woman would have just dipped her head and walked away and said, Oh, I'm not deserving of healing. I'm not good enough to go on and follow you, Jesus. I should have never came out here, you know, mm-hmm. just like walked around with that story instead of the one he gave her. And I would challenge us as listeners, as me speaking into the microphone right now of like, let's quit walking around like we're still bleeding. Let's let's walk around like we've touched mm-hmm. the tassel of Jesus and we are healed and we are victors in his name. And so I so appreciate that, Misty, of, of you saying that there's not going to be any strongholds, you know, in Jesus name. He's going to break that for me and um, for my family. So yes. as you were go talking, ahead. sorry, I was just going to say, as you were talking, the, uh, the verse just came to my mind. God did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power, love and self-control. And it's just harnessing that power um, so that we don't have those spirits of fear and timidity. And we know our, our love from Jesus. And I think that that's such a powerful verse to just really hone in on. Like we, we have received his power and we can be made clean and we can believe it today. We can be powerful in Jesus name. Absolutely. Amen. 
Say it louder for the ones in the back. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so Missy, do you have anything, um, any specific instances where Jesus has showed up for you that you would like to share? Like, ha- have you ever found yourself in the place of the bleeding woman or um, not specifically, but like the adulterous woman in the podcast where, where she's standing before Jesus and he's saying, go and sin no more. You know, do you have any of those Jesus moments in your life? Yes, I do. Um, I, I really have too many to count, but the one that came to mind as you were talking was I actually, um, for a a short period of time, I got into exotic dancing as a means of income. Mm. Um, and that was a very bad path for me. And so I feel like the way that Jesus showed up for me was, um, you know, my husband was like, I, I don't, you know, not my husband then, but my current husband said, you know, I don't think that this is good for you. And he really spoke truth into me. Um, and so he was really trying to show me an alternative way to live and a way to just really love Jesus and to really wor- worship him well and to just give him glory. And so I think when we started going to church, um, there was this um, sermon about how you cannot love God and money. You have to love one or the other or else you're going to end up hating one and loving the other etc etc so I would say that God has shown up for me and given me the discernment of through that particular verse um, that I needed to be done working and I really wanted to keep working because money can be a very addictive thing and that does bring in a lot of money and so it was hard for me to quit and my current you know my current husband but boyfriend at the time really wanted me to and I just I didn't I didn't fully want to because that was a great source of income and so once again, trust implicitly in me, Misty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was, a little, you know, I would say that Jesus definitely showed up for me when he, he, he delivered me from that with that sermon. He just said, listen, you can't worship both. You have to choose me today. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. And that was my sermon that day. And that yes. became such a powerful moment for me. And so that's one instance of so many that Jesus has shown up for me in the midst of breaking strongholds and generational curses. Hmm. Is that why you thought you'd be struck down by lightning when you entered the church? Is that one of the You reasons? are correct. <laughs> yes <laughs> they, they they don't let uh these dancers in here um and yet how how beautiful like that it's a picture of of the gospel story and i personally um good for you good for your hubby good for that church um to invite you in and whether, whether they spoke wisdom to you or not but you know of of the Lord knowing you needed to be there to hear those particular words uh, to draw you out and give you life and freedom. Uh, Can I share something really quickly about that particular place where I worked? Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the owner, he believed in God, but he wasn't, you know, living a godly lifestyle. Um, He ended up going to a church um, in that same town and saying, I can't run this anymore. It doesn't seem ethical of me. I want to follow Jesus and I want to get rid of this um, building. And I'm wondering if you can buy it from me and turn it into some sort of a, a an extension of your church. And so they turn, turned it into like a, a, a teen ministry center. So it's a pretty wonderful no story. <laughs> yeah. Was that after <laughs> you got out? Yeah. Very, very long after. 
but since since you quit and and the owner just to clarify here the owner starts going to church again mm-hmm. and says like feels a, a conviction there that I can't be running this dance club and be going to church mm-hmm. and so he he asked the church to buy his club and they do and turn it into a teen outreach ministry building is that correct that is exactly right yes holy moly that is awesome i mean maybe you ought to write a book <laughs> misty about your life um this is this is this is amazing and and how god like weaves his stories i keep going back to this as i keep doing this podcast but i i'm falling more in love with god and his ways as i follow these these trails through the word and through his people modern day people like you and I Misty of how he doesn't give up he, he it may look like things are over it may look like everything is wrong it it may look mm-hmm. and I know you and I both have had those times in our life even with Jesus of like it's just pretty rough stuff right now perhaps even just in mm-hmm. in the last few months when you your family has been so persecuted um, with the just justice system but how how God doesn't quit and he continues to weave his story of rescue redemption uh, to redeem people who are far from him and to being friends with him and how cool is that that this this dance club that you were involved in is now a teen outreach center how oh that's just amazing so (laughs) thank you for sharing that yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. so how I, i know maybe we've already talked about this but um in, in many of these stories that have been showcased in podcast parables for this season, there seems to have been a rep- a repetitive saying from the Lord that um, he gives these women and gives many people in the Bible. But how about in your life? Is there any repetitive sayings from the Lord? Um, I know you spoke of one just here recently. Um, is there any others um, besides implicit trust? Yeah, so I always go back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is mm. trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That's always a verse. And I know it's cliche because everyone loves that verse, but mm-hmm. that's always been my go-to. And it's always served me with such peace. So I would say that would be the other repetitive saying. Sure. Just so, and verse. it. Same with trust, you know, um, how, how do you see that as God weaving your story? I know it's not done yet. It's not over. We're all still in process. But as you look back to your childhood and the unsettling part of it that just came from domestic violence to having a really solid husband who, you know, creates security for his living and, now serving in the church and then the couple of things you've said implicit trust and trust in the lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding this proverbs verse how how do you see if you can kind of pan out on your life story how do you see god weaving that 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 principle of trust throughout your life um and then maybe creatively imagine like what, what could he do with that in the future? Not that we're fortune tellers or anything, but just what, what are your general thoughts about that? Yeah, I just, it's, uh, it's mind blowing to me just as you're saying it, 
like how more could he have redeemed me is the mm. question that came to mind. How more could he have redeemed me? But we know he's not done yet, right? So I right. know that he will continue to redeem me. But it's just showing me all these times that I was like, if you were a good God, you wouldn't allow this to happen. And here I am with this gentle husband who loves me well. And he protects our family and he serves our family so well. And I'd, I had only ever seen men, well, not only, but I had seen many men in my childhood who weren't protectors and they weren't kind to women and they weren't good to women. And so when God was pleading with me, trust implicitly, he meant it. He brought me he brought me redemption beyond anything I could have ever thought. He rocked my world. <laughs> and as he continues in my life, I would say I would say he's just gonna put me in, you know, I would I would venture to say probably more of a position of authority throughout worship specifically, mm. because that's where I really I really draw nearest to him. And I think he's just gonna continue to um, help these generational curses be broken in the name of Jesus. Of course, I still struggle with them. Anger, you know, <laughs> is mm-hmm. still one that I, I have to fight and I'm still a mess. And he just keeps redeeming me and proving to me that he's not done yet. And so I'm so excited to watch him work in my son and work in my daughter. And my prayer this week has been that they fear no man, that they have courage and they only have fear for Jesus, that they only have reverent fear for yes. Jesus Christ. And so that's been my biggest prayer is that never let my kids be scared of what a human can do to them, but always be fearful and work out with trembling your mm-hmm. salvation. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So just mm-hmm. making sure that they really love Jesus well. And I'm so excited to watch him. He's saying, trust in me implicitly, Misty, because I'm saying, do I have the tools to teach them well about you? And he's saying, how far have I brought you? Yes. Right. My, my mom would teach it, it, this concept where she would say, um, when, when you're coming to that point where you're doubting like kind of what God could do, whether it's through you or through, you know, in your circumstances, to think about it as, um, as you're on a journey. And the first thing that you do is you look back and you see everything that God has already done for you. And you start counting your, those blessings and reminding yourself of how God has never failed you one time. And here's all these examples of what God has done for you. And then the second thing you do is you look around and you see what God is doing right now, whether it's in your own heart, whether that's in the family around you, in your community, just the beautiful things that God has created. You notice the flowers, you notice what smells are, are you know, awesome and remind you of, of positive feelings in your own heart. And then after you've done those two things, the third thing is you look forward and that's, you know, where you trust without seeing uh, Hebrews one, where you, where, you know, God's going to continue to be who he is. And I'm going to walk forward in faith, implicitly trusting him. And, and that's how you get to the other side of that, that moment of doubt of like, I don't know if I could do this. Um, but I remember those three things, um, lessons from, from my mom. So but uh, along those lines, Missy, do you have any? Yes, she is. That's true. She she is a wonderful, wonderful lady. Uh, but do you have any practical? Uh, I don't know advice. Uh, I know you've mentioned some great Bible verses, but just of someone perhaps who's listening, who wants to trust God, 
wants to say that they even implicitly trust God, or maybe even came from a background perhaps that, that looks a little bit like yours, where there's some things that I just, they probably don't want to talk about, let alone would admit on a podcast. Um, but then also hearing in your voice, just a genuine love for Jesus. Like what are, what are some practical steps that you could give our friends listening that, that have, um, what has drawn you closer to the foot of the cross? What has drawn you closer to be hand in hand with Jesus? Um, anything else that you want to add there that, that was really helpful in your story? I would say if I could offer up three things, it would be, first of all, find, well, first of all, it needs to be read your Bible. And the Bible is going to be confusing, but that's how Jesus pours into you. The Holy Spirit speaks Amen. to you that way. So if you expect to feel filled, sometimes we think, I don't feel close to God today. Well, our feelings are liars. So you have to compare your feelings to the truth of the word of God. The only way that you're going to feel filled up is by being filled up by the word of Jesus. So if that means a really practical um Bible that has, you know, explanations at the bottom, then I say do that. And if you can get plugged in with a Bible study group who can help you with discernment and reading the Bible, then do that. But my biggest piece of advice is don't simply say, okay, I'm a Christian. I'm going to start living a godly life and not having the tool, the number one tool and weapon that should be there for you, which is, of course, other than prayers, is your Bible. Mm -hmm. Um and so that would be my first thing I would say, invest in a Bible that's going to do you great service, that's going to help you to understand things well and get plugged in with a Bible group. That'd be my first. Um, my second would be get you a group of women who can pour into you, just like as you continue to grow and become more godly, you're going to end men, of course, but for me as a woman, you know, um, mm -hmm. as you get closer to Jesus, you're going to find women to pour into. And that is wonderful that you can be a witness and, and offer testimony, but you also need people to pour into you. So that's when women with a lot of biblical wisdom and women who love Jesus a lot come in very handy. So that gift of fellowship is imperative. And I just suggest that you take advantage of it because we can't pour if our cups aren't full. Um, the third one would be to read the book of, um, or the story of Joseph in your hmm. Bible. And the reason that I would say to read, of course, read the book of the prodigal son, if you have any issues with, like <laughs> I did, but also Joseph. And the reason why is because um, Joseph ended up in some really bad positions throughout his life, but he always had God's favor, right? And God always had this plan for him that he didn't see. So Joseph ended up being sold off mm -hmm. to Egypt and his brothers decided you know he's he's no good and they were so envious of him and so he probably didn't understand what led me here I didn't do anything wrong um and then being in Potiphar's household and having a woman falsely accuse him of mm -hmm. trying to you know um take advantage of her is led him in jail and he still ended up having favor with God even then. And he was in charge of the jail. But my biggest um, piece of advice would be to 
read doses and remember all the times that he was put in bad positions and those bad positions didn't last forever and he didn't understand it because he only saw pieces of the tapestry not the full tapestry so when people are in seasons of life that they don't understand God is using those seasons in order to make a better life at the end and he will fulfill that but you have to trust implicitly so my my number one thing is read about Joseph and remember Joseph's favor even when he was in dark valleys and remember that God's going to restore you too Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, um, I don't know if you're doing this on purpose, but it's just a reminder of uh, the podcast about the widow with two coins, uh, the story we told earlier in the season about how she came to the end of what she could offer. She gave her last two coins to the temple treasury and didn't know technically where where her next meal was going to come from, how she was going to pay for anything else in her life. And yet she still gave everything she had uh, to the one she knew that, that had it all. And so uh, in our lives, as we uh, great advice, Misty of, of getting into the word and even reading when we feel confused, that's such solid advice. Uh, Yes. Keep going. Keep, keep, Figuring more out about the author and it will make more sense. Get some friends to help. Join a Bible study in a great Bible teaching church. All of those things. Um, but also remember that uh, in our humanness that we come to the end of ourselves and that's exactly where God can use us best. Uh, it is he, he who saves. It is he who fills us. It is he who through his word and the power of his Holy Spirit calls us on to a life of discipleship and faithfulness in him. And um, it is like stepping out in faith uh, into an unknown land. And that is where your first advice of having this implicit trust comes in. Um, Anything else, Misty, that you would like to share just from your point of view of of being a woman of God in in the current day and age, as you maybe have read through some of the... um, Bible stories about women in, in biblical times. Um, any, any last words or thoughts? You know, I can't think of much more other than just do your best and remember that there's God's not done with you yet. So on the days when you're feeling like it's not enough, it is keep, keep working. And you're not always going to be good at things when you first start them. For example, reading your Bible, you're not going to know, how to decipher certain things. You might not understand context, but my biggest piece of advice is just keep going even when you're bad at it because we don't get on a bike as kids and automatically know how to bike. We have to learn those things. And so mm. it's a learned experience. And I just I just um, strongly encourage you, um, women who are just starting out, to, to persevere. And I promise it'll get easier and it'll get better. And it's never ending. You're always going to feel like there's more. And if you don't, then that's a problem. Um, sure. But... <laughs> just don't don't give up keep on going even when it is hard and and you are enough you are sufficient and Mm -hmm. his grace is sufficient so yes absolutely and uh, maybe perhaps for those of you listening who who have read the bible quite a lot and it's become more of a chore uh, than a a joy uh, to rediscover I I hope that this podcast has inspired that to rediscover scripture in a way that you haven't really thought about it before. Not that we want to add to it, not that we want to scramble it in any way, but as we uh, 
attempt to look at these characters of the Bible as real people with real human storylines, uh, to see them in the light of Jesus, of, of him weaving his greater, amazing story through all of us, that, uh, that we would understand that our stories are powerful and important, but in light of God's greater story through, through all of humanity, we get to be part of that bigger greater story. So with that, I thank you so much for joining us today, Misty. Uh, you're a great guest on, on the show, and I, we are so grateful to hear of your story of rescue, redemption, and trust. And uh, we'll be praying for your family for safety and that he would protect and keep you in these difficult days. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening today, friends. Oh, there is power in stories. There is power in stories. Hmm. I am honored and humbled to be able to share them in this way and on this platform. May only God's name be glorified and honored through this always and forever. I just loved that conversation. Huge thank you to Misty for being willing to come on here and share. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Two more, in fact. For the next couple of weeks, we will continue to listen in to these amazing stories from women who have had their lives radically changed by our good God. Also, be sure you're following Podcast Parables on Instagram, where each Wednesday there is a new challenge to win some sweet stuff. This week's prize package is awesome. A a package of dual tip highlighters, there's some custom stickers from Meg Creates, and a beautiful copy of the Book of John. It's not too late this week though, so hop on over there and follow the instructions you have until Monday to enter. That's Podcast Parables on Instagram. There's an underscore between podcast and parables. At podcast underscore parables. Enter to win an awesome prize package because we love you and we're thankful that you are listening in. Also, just thank you for being here, friends. I, I hope you have a wonderful week, and I hope you're finding story in the ordinary. Signing off for now, Courtney Lee, your podcast Parables host. <laughs>